0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hello everyone and welcome to the weekend online services here at New Beginnings Church in Brick. Uh, I want to say hello to our church family and friends from New Beginnings Bayville, our campus in Central Ocean County. So I just want to send a great warm shout out to all of our family and friends in Beechwood, in, in Berkeley Township in South Tom's River and Ocean Gate, uh, all of those areas there, all the way in Lacey Township. Those of you that are watching from Ware Town and from Barnegat and Manahawkin, I just want to say welcome. It's such a blessing to have you connect with us here online. I also want to send a great Welcome out to all of our online church family and friends in, in the Wall Township area in southern Monmouth County in Brielle in Manisquan at Farmingdale and those of you that are watching from Belmar Neptune and Howell Township We so look forward to meeting you all in person very soon at our newest campus which should be launching very shortly New Beginnings Wall Township is located at 1615 Glendola Road in Wall We look forward to meeting you very shortly the key phrase for all of us lately is uncertain times, and, and that's what we're living in, and that's the title of this series. In times like these, it's extremely easy for us to allow our minds to just race, the thoughts racing, running amok. You know, we are creatures who by nature love order and structure. So when things get out of order and our routine is disrupted, we have a tendency to get anxious and, and panicky. If we're not careful, we can let discouragement set in and hopelessness rob us of our God-given destiny. And it does one thing we should remind ourselves is that the enemy is after our destiny. He's after God's plan for our lives and anything he can do to throw us off, he will do. Now, I want you to, to think of, of this. Throughout history, whenever disaster has struck or times have become uncertain like they are right now, there's always been those who who have risen to the occasion, those who set a new standard, who set an example for others to follow. And one such individual was a young man named Daniel, and that's who we're gonna be studying about this weekend. Daniel was a Hebrew in exile during the Babylonian captivity. Uh, you might remember that. The Babylonians came and, and, and attacked Jerusalem. They, they, they laid siege to Jerusalem and, and broke down the walls came in, destroyed the first temple. And what their practice was, that the, wherever they conquered, they would take the finest of society and bring them back to Babylon to be trained as scholars, to be trained as servants for the Babylonian empire. So we're going to pick up in Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, King of Judah into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, and that's the ancient name for Babylon, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. In other words, what, he, what this is saying here, this is an account detailing that when the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple, they carried off the articles of the temple, the equipment of the temple, all of the valuable items in the temple. Verse 3 tells us, And the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, one of his servants, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish but good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace, and to whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of the time they might serve before the king. Now among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. We see early on, that Daniel began to display an excellent character. No matter, no matter what incentives, the incentives that were offered to him by the king in order to make him compromise, Daniel never compromised. He never gave in. In fact, he took the position in the stance that he would rather offend the king and endanger his life than to offend God. You know, in uncertain times like this, we cannot allow the negative circumstances that surround us to cause us to waver in our loyalty to God. We cannot let the circumstances we face conform us. We must change the circumstance by prayer. Romans chapter twelve, verse two, I want to read to you from the passion paraphrase of the Bible. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes he's saying the holy spirit through the apostle paul is saying do not allow the outside the outward circumstances to conform you to mold you to shape you we only are to allow our relationship with god to transform us to mold us and shape us into his image and his likeness now now you look through what we just read in daniel chapter 1 and you see that the the strategy of King Nebuchadnezzar is very much like the devil himself. You know, it wasn't enough that he had captured Daniel. It wasn't enough that he took him to a strange land. The king insisted that Daniel and all his companions had to adopt their ungodly ways. It's just like the enemy of our souls. It's not enough for him to capture you with an obsession with a battle in your thought life, with temptation. No, his real plan is to change your identity and to make you into something that you were never before. How many people get to a place in their lives where they suddenly come to themselves and say, how did I ever become this person? This is exactly what happened to the prodigal son. In reality, he was a wealthy son of a wealthy plantation owner, but through a series of circumstances, he found himself in the pig pen. The pig pen spoke volumes to him to the point where he began to identify as a slave rather than a child of his father. He said, the slaves in my father's house eat better than me. That is the danger of letting circumstances get into our heads. The goal is to get us to change our identity, to go from sons and daughters to slaves. Thank God that he came to himself. For he said, He must have said to himself, how did I get to this point? In my father's house, the slaves are being treated better than I am. How did I find myself in this place? Thank God. Thank God he got to that place of realization. So many do not, and they just keep slipping away into a different identity. He came to himself, and then the thoughts began. I will go to my father and say, Father, forgive me. I have sinned against heaven and against you. Make me like one of your servants. But thank God, how many of you know, the father would not have it. The father would only have him restored back to his original identity. Know this, that the enemy will always try to use circumstances to get you to change your identity. That is exactly what the enemy did through King Nebuchadnezzar. That's what he wanted for Daniel's life. He did not want Daniel remaining and that excellent spirit and that excellent character of that person carrying himself with dignity, with honor, walking in truth, and that's exactly what the enemy wants for you. Right now, there are people in their homes that are on Facebook, looking for, for ways to interact, for ways to connect. We, during times of other people in discomfort, the first thing we do is look for comfort. So so right now, there are people on Facebook, probably right now while you're listening, there's somebody on Facebook that is taking, places, uh, t- taking, taking pictures of their favorite meals and posting them because it's a comfort meal. And so, so Nebuchadnezzar's plan was to appeal to that desire for comfort, that desire for comfort food, for, for something that reminds us of better times. And so he begins to offer the finest of wines, the finest of foods, delicacies that, that Daniel and his companions had not seen since their homeland was destroyed. The appeal to the flesh, the appeal to our carnality. And we need to be so careful of that during these trying uncertain times. In order to completely transform their character, it wasn't enough to give them all the comforts and the pleasures of life. The king decided to change their names. When you decide to change someone's name, what you're really saying is you're try- trying to change who they will become in the future. Daniel's original name given to him by his parents was Daniel, which means in Hebrew, God is my judge. And it was changed to Belshazzar. Bel, being one of the primary pagan gods in the Babylonian religion. And what his name meant was, Bel shall protect the king. Hananiah, his name means God is gracious, was changed to Shadrach, one who was at the command of Aku, another Babylonian pagan god. Mishael, which is where we get the name Michael from, which means in Hebrew, who was like God, was changed to Meshach, dedicated to the moon god. Azariah, which means God helps, was changed to Abed-Nebo, the servant of the god Nebo. You and I need to be very mindful of our change of mindsets. Maybe maybe you find yourself beginning to uh, entertain thoughts of fear, worry and concern and anxiety like never before. Be aware of where your thoughts are going. The enemy won't be satisfied with building a stronghold in your mind. His true desire is to change your destiny and to remove you out of the plan of God that he has for your life. In times of crisis, in times of turmoil, in times of loss, the enemy of our souls will do everything to try to get you to change your loyalty, take you away from God and to try to get you to walk away from your destiny. He wants to change your name from faithful to faithless. He wants to change your name and your identity from bold To weak, from pure to defiled. Now Daniel and his friends had witnessed the destruction of their beloved Jerusalem. Even worse, the total destruction of the temple of Almighty God. But no matter how devastated they were, they refused to abandon faith in God. There are many in our communities right now that have witnessed the destruction of their businesses. Careers have been put on hold. All that is familiar and predictable has been interrupted. In these uncertain times, church, no matter what losses we suffer, no matter how tempted you may be to throw in the towel, do not let the enemy win. Stand strong in faith. Never bow to the circumstances. Never give in to fear. Be steadfast like Daniel's friends. You know, one of the most famous stories in the book of Daniel is the story of Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who when commanded by the king to worship a pagan idol, They refused to bow, even though the king ordered them to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And I'm sure you're familiar with the story. They found out that if you don't bow, you won't burn. And they came out of that furnace with any effects of the fire. They discovered that even in the midst of the fire, they were not alone. Be determined that you're not going to bow to the popular mood right now, the atmosphere of panic, then submission to the control of men, when you refuse to swallow the narrative, we won't, then we won't give in to the panic. When you won't be controlled, when you refuse to think like the world, you're gonna be hated, you're gonna be persecuted, you're gonna be talked about. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you'll find out in the midst of the fiery furnace, you are not alone. You know, exile and persecution for the people of God was a terrible time. Many never recovered. For Daniel and his friends, however, it was a furnace, a furnace that strengthened them, even as fire strengthens steel. And so as, as, as we say today, tough times will even make they'll either going to make you bitter or make you better. Daniel rose in the ranks of the king's court and eventually had great influence with the, Babylonian, with the Babylonian king. He was supernaturally anointed of God to display God's power and to prove that God's power was greater than any pagan God. God used him to to interpret the king's dreams very much like Joseph in Egypt. Many years later, when King Belshazzar's grandson, excuse me, when King Belshazzar, who was the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar, held a blasphemous party during which they drank wine from the sacred vessels that came from the temple in Jerusalem, something that was just unheard of and scandalous to take something sacred that had been dedicated to God and to use it in such a blasphemous way. At one point in their party, a mysterious hand appeared on the wall in the king's palace. Daniel chapter 5, verse 3. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives, his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wooden stone. In that same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed. His thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips were loosened, and his knees knocked against each other. Literally, literally. He was on the verge of a breakdown. He was so upset and so taken back and so impacted by what he saw. In the original language, seems to suggest that even his bowels were loosened and his knees were knocking. None of the king's wise men could read the writing. The queen, however, reminded Belshazzar of Daniel and how the Spirit of God dwelled in him. And Daniel was summoned and was supernaturally able to read the writing. It was a message of condemnation, and that very night King Belshazzar was slain. Babylon, the great, was overthrown. And the kingdom was given to another king. All because Belshazzar would not give glory to God Almighty. You know, it's during times of crisis, times of turmoil, uncertain times, that God calls on his people to stand up and act on his behalf. Daniel kept himself pure. Untainted by the world around him. No matter what pressure, he never gave in. Daniel acted with boldness and courage every single time. Even in the midst of the lion's den, he had peace and confidence in God. You know, we could say that Daniel is a type and shadow, a symbol of the church. When all hell breaks loose, it is the church that must stand with boldness and courage. Even in the midst of chaos and upheaval and danger, the church must have peace and confidence in God. The church must be the ruling force behind the scenes. It is in times like these that the church, God's people, must take their place and take charge through prayer. Like Daniel, we the church must be the influencer, willing to work in the background, enforcing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Daniel was a mighty man of faith. He trusted God because he knew God's word. He embraced his exile because he knew God had a plan. Daniel had placed his trust in God's words through the prophet Jeremiah. Daniel was a very young man when Jeremiah the prophet was prophesying to the leaders of Israel, to the king, to the religious establishment, and saying to them, God is saying that we're going to be handed over to judgment because of our idolatry. And so when it all came to pass, it must have impacted Daniel tremendously. And so we know that he was impacted by Jeremiah's letters. And he followed the plan and the strategy that was laid out by God Almighty through Jeremiah the prophet. I want to read to you from Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. To the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from uh, captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. So, so, so this is a message directed at Daniel, his companions, everybody, all the other thousands upon thousands that had been carried off captive from Jerusalem. It was a message from God for those people. A message of hope and a message of reality. Let's skip down to verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. So now, now imagine yourself in, in Daniel's place. 70 years have gone by. He's an elderly man at this point, And he remembers the letter that came from Jeremiah to the captives there in Babylon. And he realizes God's got a plan. God still has a plan. He remembers this letter from his youth. And now here we are coming into that time frame. Verse 11 says this, For I know, this is God speaking to Daniel, God speaking to the captives. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. In other words, no matter where you are, no matter where you're gone, no matter how far away you are, if you'll pray to me from that place. Here we are in the middle of this crisis. And this letter applies to us as, as much as it applied to the, to, the, to the people that were captive. In the midst of this thing, in the midst of this season, in the midst of these uncertain times, God is saying, if you'll call upon me, if you'll go and pray, I will listen to you. Verse 13 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search in me with all your heart. There are more people seeking the face of God now than has been possibly in the last hundred years. He said, when you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. Verse 14, I'll be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. This season's not going to last forever. I will gather you from the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. God was saying to him, look, you brought this on yourself. I warned you, I warned you, I warned you. But even from that place of judgment, even from that place of uncertainty, even from that place of turmoil, I still am going to hear you. I'm going to hear you. When you pray, I will listen. Why? Because the plans I have for you are for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. But it's contingent upon, will you call upon him? When all others were falling to pieces, Daniel stood firm. When all others were bowing to the pagan idols, Daniel would not conform to that world. Daniel drew his strength from the knowledge of the word. He knew that God told Jeremiah that the circumstances were temporary, 70 years. Daniel knew that God was going to protect and restore his people. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of his word fueled Daniel's faith and strengthened him and strengthened his resolve. I want to make this statement. I want you to hold on to this, please. When all others were being ruled over, Daniel was influencing an empire. on uncertain times that we're in, the church, like Daniel, must know the will of God. The church must not doubt God's intentions. The church must, must conduct itself with dignity and honor and faith towards God. We have got to recognize the path that God has for the church. We have got to shift some things. We've got to reprioritize some of the things in our lives. But the truth is this. The church must set the example for the rest of the world. We must assume that normal will not return. Not the way we, not the way we knew it. But even in this new land that we've been carried off to, the land of coronavirus crisis, we can still see God's hand on our lives. And we, like Daniel, must walk in faith and walk in trust. We must lift up our heads and see the signposts and recognize that Jesus is preparing the church for a new normal. And that new normal is to set the stage for his second coming. What is this new normal? A time when it's normal to seek God and pray. A time when it's normal to serve others even at the expense of ourselves. The time to expect miracles. The time to reach the lost like never before. Now maybe you're one that's been sitting here listening to this message, and maybe you've never taken the opportunity to be sure that your eternity is set. Maybe maybe you've never thought about these things in the terms that you're thinking about them now. You know, before all this happened, people were just living their lives, everyone was living their lives, but now you may know someone who's been lost to that virus. You may be friends with a family who's been affected, and now you're starting to think about your mortality and your eternal destination. The Bible never presents salvation in complicated terms. God has made it extremely, extremely clear and extremely easy for us to make sure that our eternal destination is sealed once and for all. And the Bible tells us that if we will place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he's done, not try to gain or to earn our salvation through our good deeds, trying to clean ourselves up, but if we would just recognize and admit the fact that we are all sinners. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of of God's standard. Now, Now, you may be sitting there and say, well, I'm not that bad of a person. Well, you may be a much better person than I am, but we're not to compare ourselves with ourselves. But if you were to compare yourself with Jesus, how would you measure up? And so because he knew that there's no way for us to earn this salvation, there's no way for us to get to the place of being reconciled to God other than someone paying with their life for our sin the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came to reveal the Father, but he came to also offer his life as a sacrifice so that God would accept his life as payment for your sin and my sin. You may be saying, so what do I need to do, Pastor? What do I need to do? I don't want to be uncertain about my eternal destination. The Bible's really clear. It tells us this, if we will declare with our mouth what we believe in our heart about the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe that He is the Son of God and that He came to this earth to die on the cross for you and for me, if we believe that He paid for our sins, if we believe that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible tells us that we are then qualified to pray a simple prayer of declaration of faith, proclaiming that we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm gonna invite you to say a prayer with me. I'm gonna invite you to repeat it after me, right there, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. I pray that you will repeat this prayer with me with all sincerity from your heart, speaking from a heart of faith. Pray this with me, please. Father, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he came, on this, came to this earth to die on the cross as payment For my sin. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I believe in all that the Bible says about Jesus. I believe that His death was received as payment for my sins. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on everything that this world has to offer. I want to live my life for you. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. Thank you for empowering me to live a life on this earth that's worthy of you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that it's inspired you. To to possibly take an inventory, to reprioritize your lives, to allow God to prepare you for this new season that He's bringing the church in, into. I pray that you would respond in a positive way, and go and seek God and pray, go and serve others, even if it costs you. Expect miracles, and above all things, I pray that you'll have a heart for the lost that don't know Him yet. And I pray that you'll take action to reach out to everybody in your life that does not yet have a relationship with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray blessing upon every household. I pray blessing upon every individual that's watching this right now. I pray blessing especially upon those who said that prayer for the very first time and received Christ as your Savior. I pray that you'll respond uh, the church online. You'll, there's a little uh, button that you can click if you prayed that prayer for the first time. I pray that you'll do that so that we can pray for you and one of our hosts can reach out to you. God bless you. Stay connected with us online. be believe in God with us for us to be able to meet again in person very soon. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you that have been consistently giving, sending your tithes, sending your offerings. Those of you that are giving online, those of you that are sending them in the mail, God bless those of you that are becoming a person and dropping it off here. We are so appreciative and so, so grateful for your support. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word.